you where you were going 40 miles an hour. This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live Wide Open. Off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Keselowski's in line. Now he turns him. Boot team Penske cars crash. Keselowski is up in a ball of flame. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley, the entire MRN crew, here with you as we get set to head to the Monster Mile, Dover International Speedway. It's going to be home cooking for yours truly. I grew up in Delaware live north of Delaware over the C&D Canal or in Newcastle County, for those familiar with the area. We're going to venture down to Kent County for this weekend's slate of races at Dover Motor Speedway. Almost call it Dover International Speedway or for the sake of old school, Dover Downs International Speedway. Track has a new name, but the face atop the track is always the same. Mike Tatoyan is the president of Dover Motor Speedway. And he joins us now on the NASCAR Live Wide Open Zoom hotline. Mike, welcome in. How are we doing? I am doing great. It's always to be with you at any time, whether we're on the air or off. So it's nice to be here with you. It is time for our trip to Dover, Delaware this weekend for uh, matters there. How's the how's the track looking? How are things coming together there at the Monster Mile this weekend? Uh, it's great. You know, this is such an exciting time for us, our, our staff. Uh, the industry. We're coming back to the uh, Monster Mile, and it's been, believe it or not, it was October of 2019 since the last time we raced here without any kind of restrictions, COVID, capacity, whatever. So we we finally have open uh, kind of a, a, a full throttle approach 
which uh, we're all excited about. And uh, so we're, we're, we're in the rhythm. We'll, we, will, we will be ready when we need to be ready. For the fans that may not know, we hear about COVID restrictions, crowd restrictions. When the COVID pandemic broke loose, it wasn't too much further down the line that you guys were, were first up. And obviously we changed the schedule around and all that. From the perspective of limiting fan access and, and having to go it without fans, what was that like from the track perspective? My quick reaction is um, spend a year planning for like the greatest birthday party or anniversary party or any kind of graduation party. And then when the time comes, nobody's there to, uh, to be at any of those parties that you plan. That's kind of the empty feeling that we had. Obviously we, we, we were able to race, which uh, kudos to the industry for pulling together and being able to do that. But when, when your livelihood and you know your energy and your adrenaline gets driven from fans being with you and they're not there, it's an incredibly empty feeling. And so while the important part of the racing got was completed, everything on our part, that was an empty feeling that we had, to be honest. And I know that it was dicey there for a while. You mentioned that we're basically back to normal. Are the, are the fans responding in kind? It, it's been great. You know, it started, um, and I actually, oddly enough, Baggy, I ad, ad, actually think this goes all the way back. If you were to daisy chain back to where the momentum started, oddly enough, it kind of started during COVID, in my own opinion, this is my own opinion, that it actually started during COVID in the worst part of our season where we were canceling a couple of races and then I think we opened up, if I remember right, Darlington was our first, the industry's first race back. It, and, and we were the first major sport to be back on the air. And and before that, there was even the uh, um, the uh, the uh, iRacing, you know, that thing was going on. But that's when I think our momentum started to pick up a little bit because we were getting in front of a bunch of new eyeballs that were just looking to look watch some sort of live sports. And then, and then we got through the year, we got through last year, and then this year when we started out in the LA Coliseum, I mean, that was, an, that was one of those rare things in any industry where I think everybody agreed that that was a great event. And that's hard to do when, to, to be able to tick off all of the stakeholders and everybody being pumped up and feeling the same way. That was one of those events, I think, rare, and I think not just in our industry, where everybody said, yes, that was awesome. That started the momentum, and uh, and we can feel it. I mean, we really can. This, you know, we will have from a ticket sales perspective, corporate partnership perspective, uh, the amount of activation that we're doing at the track, the amount of activities. I mean, there's energy back here. Now, I'm I'm the promoter of the track. I get it. So, you know, setting uh, trying to set that aside, but I do feel that there's more energy here that that, that we have that we haven't felt here in quite some time. And that even goes back to our 50th anniversary back in 2019. So yeah, you can feel it and, and our numbers financially uh, are proving that out. Well, I wanna explore that promoter hat that you wear in a little bit, but before we get there, how long, being that Dover has one race weekend now, the other one to Nashville, your race weekend is this weekend. How long does it take the property to get put together for a NASCAR race weekend? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. You know, we we already 
are starting to plan for 2023. So as we get close to 2022 and executing our race weekend, we're already thinking about what is it we need to do to either enhance, improve, augment for 2023, but really the property itself. So all of the planning for a race weekend really begins for like for 2023, it begins on Monday ostensibly. But from the pure standpoint of what it physically getting all put together, scrubbed up, bathrooms, signage, this, that, the other, it's a couple of months process to get us kind of cranked back up again. Now, how are things different this time through? Because in the off season, Dover Motorsports and Dover International Speedway was purchased by Speedway Motorsports Incorporated. It's now Dover Motor Speedway. How has that transition been? Where are things standing with the transition going to SMI right now? Yeah. So um, back in uh, late December, as you said, we the, the acquisition was made official. So as we got into the month of January, we were under new ownership. And for the most part, we are operating as we have been the past 50, 52 years. So, you know, the, 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 um, the common thread, the common denominator that you can knit through both Speedway Motorsports and Dover Motorsports is we're all doing this for our fans and our sponsors and our network partners. So there's a lot of common threads between what we were doing. It's not like we're two completely like apples and oranges. So a lot of the things that we were doing or Speedway Motorsports was doing are common. Uh, there are just some back office things that we're making some adjustments to. And quite honestly, with, with, with the new ownership now, we have just expanded our bench strength. So before, you know, as you know, we were, um, we were operating effectively, efficiently, we were profitable, we were healthy on the balance sheet. But now we have this tremendous bench strength that now we can access a much larger company with incredible talent. So we're able to pull folks in and you'll see there'll be, I don't know, 20 or 30 shared employees from other facilities here to help us this weekend. And that has been a tremendous asset to us. It's just being able to have those resources that we didn't have before. So that really ultimately benefits the fans that we're gonna be able to put on even an enhanced or better uh, race weekend. Speaking of incredible talent, Let's talk about you in the grand scheme of things. You are new to Dover Motor Speedway. You've been there for a while, but for many years, the track was run by Dennis McGlynn, before him, John Riddle, and, and others that came before you and those before you. A lot of people don't know about you and where you came from. When was the first time you worked in sports, and what were you doing? Well, my NFL career stopped back when no, I'm just kidding. Um, so... Uh, I've, for the past, since 19, since the middle of, middle of the 80s, I've been involved in sports. Uh, my first job in minor league baseball is I was a telemarketer for the Tulsa Drillers, a double-A baseball team to the Texas Rangers. We were owned by the Rangers back then. Eddie Childs was our owner. Uh, that was my first job in baseball. And I was just, we would smile and dial. We would get the phone book. I would take, it was three of us. We'd take... I would take the first third of the alphabet, the other guy would take the second third, and we would just smile and down and try to sell tickets. 10 tickets for 10 bucks. That was my first job in baseball. Or 20 tickets for 20 bucks, which, which I never could quite understand that deal, but that's what we were supposed to sell. 
So I've been involved in sports uh, all of my life, uh, right out of college, uh, all at the as a promoter as a, in minor league baseball, minor league hockey, arena football. And it was back in 2006. We were I was living in St. Louis, and a friend of a friend uh, was running Gateway, uh, Gateway International Raceway at the time, and he had left to go to the St. Louis Blues. And I had heard about this opening and, and I was looking to make a career change, not industry change, but just a career change. And so I came out to Dover in October of 2006 and interviewed with Dennis for the president's job at Gateway International Raceway. When I got here, Dennis said, well, we also have another position open, which is a chief operating officer of our company, which would help Dennis help him oversee at the time Memphis, Nashville, Gateway in St. Louis and Dover. And so I went, I went out to interview for one job and I came back actually with another. And I remember, I, I remember I came back home after that and I told my wife, Tammy, I said, Hey, I've got some great news. You know, I got this opportunity with this publicly traded company. It's in NASCAR. They've got tracks all over. We've got some great news. And she's thinking, I'm going to say, I get the job in St. Louis. Said so the great news is I, I think I've got a, 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 a tremendous opportunity. Um, the, the bad news is we have to move. Now, bad not meaning that Delaware is bad, but just that we have to move. And so uh, we we're excited about it. We had never been, you know, we didn't know anything about the East Coast. My wife and I were born and raised in Iowa. We went to we met at college at the University of Northern Iowa, and so this was our first foray. And we we both actually had to. God's honest truth. We both actually had to look at uh, an atlas. I, I don't know if the time, I'm sure the internet still did, but we still, we opened up an atlas and said, there's Delaware. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's a small state. And so we've never been, you know, we're, we're Midwest kids. And so uh, it was a, quite an adventure, but that was back in 2006. Wow. 16 years ago. And by the way, small state, big heart. Is what we like to pride ourselves here. And, and one thing about the state of Delaware, which I think was comforting to us, is um, when you think of the East Coast, you may, if you're from the Midwest, you may think of something else. But as you know, Delaware, there's there are a lot of similarities to Delaware as um, as we have in Iowa. And a lot of it is from an agricultural perspective. And while we have the beaches and we have the mountains up north and Philly and this and that, you know, as you know, in, in our area, it, uh, it's pretty docile. And so that's kind of what uh, Iowa was like for us. So it was, it was a change, but it was a comfortable one. How do you go learning about NASCAR? If, you're, if your work experience is in minor league baseball, how does one gain the experience in NASCAR? And are there two similarities? I'm thinking that the most obvious is appealing to fans and catering to fans. Yeah, and, and you know, I really have to give credit to Dennis and Glenn because many, as, as he was interviewing for this particular position, you know, many would say, hey, you need to have racing, NASCAR, NHRA, IndyCar, you need to have some sort of form of motorsports experience. But, um, but on the business side of this, I think actually, and that's why you see a lot of skill sets on the business side of sports. You see NHL executives, NFL executives, NBA, um, pick all the major sports where they are somewhat interchangeable because when you take away what the product on the field or the ice or the track, 
if you were to look at all of our budgets from a business perspective, they all kind of have the same underpinnings of the budget, right? It's about generating admissions revenue and corporate revenue and merchandise and food and beverage and, and then public safety and, and execution and facilities. So the transition from minor league baseball running smaller facilities, obviously now much larger facilities, a lot of the infrastructure, a lot of the business parts of it were really the same. And the one thing that I think Dennis was appreciative of is in minor league baseball, you know, pick any minor league baseball team, uh, the Wilmington Blue Rocks, you, you don't know any of the players, but you go because there's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of fun, it's family oriented, uh, there's always activities, and whatever happens on the field happens. And that's really what Dennis, and I think the sport now is doing, is creating all the excitement outside of the track for our fans, because NASCAR is a responsibility. They bring, they bring the product to the party. We are the ones that are really just putting on the party but they bring the actual, and that's kind of how the approach we've taken. And that's kind of how Dennis was looking at it back then. You guys have done a great job over the years. Even we haven't come to the track for 47, 48 years. And there, while there's been all these enhancements, it's still the same. You still cater to the fans. You still make us feel welcome. And on that note, I'll segue into a bittersweet note that this weekend will be Motor Racing Network's last broadcast from the Monster Mile. And that hospitality that you've given to the fans, you've also given to us as broadcasters as well. And we're very appreciative of it. You and Dennis and everybody there at the racetrack have been so kind. You've treated us fantastically over the years. And um, while we salute the Performance Racing Network in 2023, we also like to thank you for all you've done for us over our years of coming to Dover, which is back since the mid-70s. That's, that's, that's an amazing run. And, you know, um, you are, you specifically, but in uh, the MRN, it's, it's a family. And that's kind of what we try to create, that it's a family reunion when people come to Dover. And that's the culture that we have always tried to build. And you guys have been nothing but great family members. Obviously, you do a tremendous job professionally on the air. But we, as you know, when you, when you see the folks over a period of time, taking away the business part of what MRN has to do to make a dollar and what we have to do to make a dollar. Along the way, you build these incredible friendships and respect and trust with each other. And that's what I think it was easy for us to have that with you personally and with MRN collectively is you just become part of the family. And we trust that at the end of the day, we're doing what's best for each and it's just a fun environment. And that's one thing that I've grown to like about the sport is over a period of time, you you have your business, but you create these incredible lifelong friendships, regardless of what direction life takes you. You always have that, that, that port that you can pull into that you can trust one another. And that's what you brought to us back. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, those are some, some kind words. I won't be far. I'm just uh, up the road on Route 1. Hey, if you ever need me to do a 10 for 10 dialathon, let me know and I'll pitch in and help you guys. Well, anybody can help move tickets. It would be you and you, you, you are, uh, you're always obviously welcome. We're looking forward to a great weekend, but you will, uh, it's kind of like you, you, you don't have a choice. If you're born in the family, you got to stay in the family no matter what. And you were born in this family. So there's no escaping regardless of what happens from here on out. Wouldn't have it any other way, my friend. Appreciate you joining us. Can't wait to see you this weekend, and I uh, can't wait for some good racing there at the Monster Mile. 
Great. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. That's Mike Tatoyan. He is the president of Dover Motor Speedway, the site of this weekend's big race weekend, the Duramax Drydeen 400 race weekend. Now, if I could, I would like to uh, just take a couple of minutes here and do some reflecting. We mentioned in that interview with Mike that this indeed will be MRN's final race weekend at the Monster Mile for the foreseeable future. You never say never because you just never know what's going to happen down the line. But um, after broadcasting races at MRN since the mid-70s, MRN will then step aside. The Performance Racing Network will step in in 2023 to call the action at Dover Motor Speedway. There's been so many things that has happened at Dover for me on a personal level. I started going to Dover back in 1974, and that's where I saw my first NASCAR Cup Series race. That's where I fell in love with racing. There's a track south of Dover called uh, now it's called Delaware International Speedway, which is where my parents took me to. As dad described it, I was in my mother's arms when I saw my first race. And ever since then, I've been bitten with the racing bug. But a lot of my youth and a lot of my older years have been spent at Dover. It used to be twice a year. Now it's one time of year with the other event going to Nashville Super Speedway. And there have been so many things that have happened there. I learned the sport. I learned about the sport. I had a favorite driver growing up. I was a Richard Petty fan. I was also a Bobby Allison fan back in the day. Watched them race there a lot. And then also when I transitioned from that into the broadcasting of the races, been been able to get to know all the competitors, get inside of the racetrack and see what it was like from the other side of the fence. And there, there have been some key moments for me that have personally happened at Dover I've lost both my parents, Walt and Inez. I lost dad in the summer of 2013. I lost mom in the spring of 2016. And it's interesting that one of the first places back after losing them was Dover. And it felt totally different because we had been going as a family since the mid-70s, you know, mid to late 70s there. And to not have them there, that was a, you know, Mike talked a moment ago about family. You know, once you're in the family, you're always in the family. Well, that family welcomed me back as I lost the most important pieces of my family. So when when we talk in this sport about, you know, there there there's family at the racetrack, that's not an overstatement. There are people that have your back. It doesn't matter what happens in life. That You go to the racetrack, and if folks find out you're struggling – they line up to help, and that indeed was the case for me on a couple occasions when I lost my parents, and um, it was um, – those were tough times. Those were hard races to do because towards the tail end of their lives and in the middle of my broadcasting career, they actually would watch the races with me in my turn position. I would take them and sometimes um, 
my aunt Deborah, aunt Aunt Denise, um, and they would they would be up there. I was in a uh, I was in uh, one of the suites up there on the back stretch, and they would come in, and and it was pretty cool to be able to share that family time on a professional level. They got me involved in this, and and they obviously watched me blossom into an MRN announcer. But they, uh, I owe them a lot for turning me on to NASCAR because it's led to this career that I've had for almost 30 years now. So whenever I go back to Dover, I always think about my parents. I always think about the fun times, though. They used to do something at Dover called Kodak Camera Day. And there was this thing Dad took me to one time to where on practice day, they would open up the gates. You know, the day's festivities get done. They would put every cup car in a pit box. And the driver was in that pit box with the car. You could go down with your Kodak camera. You could take pictures. You can get autographs. One of the first folks I ever met was Janet Guthrie. She was uh, flying the old Kelly girl colors. She was standing there. I met her and took pictures with her and, and drivers from yesteryear. That was one of the cool things. And I've always thought how awesome that would be if we could get to a point to where we could do that again, open up those gates and, and bring people in and, and let them go down and see the cars up close and all that. That was one of the, that was one of the fun times in the sport. Here's another memory that I have um, being a part of the MRN crew at Dover was the fall race in 2001 when we came back from the September 11th attacks on our country. That was one of the most patriotic things I've ever been involved in in my life. And I st- and, and just describing it to you here on this podcast, I have, I have goosebumps on my arms thinking about it. Uh, the crowd responded. We didn't know what was going on. We were scared to go. We didn't know what was going to happen. We were very safe and very secure that day. But the patriotic presence that that track gave that day, I was proud to be a NASCAR fan, proud to be an American, proud to be a Delawarean. Proud to be a part of the Motor Racing Network. There are many, so many memories of racing at Dover that I have as a fan watching in the stands, but also as a broadcaster for Motor Racing Network. And um, Dover will always have a special place in my heart, whether I'm a part of a broadcast crew or not. And, um, you know, for all of you out there that maybe have children of your own, take some time and take them to the racetrack. Or if you're a younger folk and you want to take your parents to the track, I found that going to the racetrack was special bonding time. My dad, when I was in my teen years, my dad and I never saw eye to eye on a lot. But one thing that we did see eye to eye on was racing. We both loved racing. And it was there at Dover where while he and I may have been not on the same page, that struck neutrality and that struck the neutral balance to where he and I could come together. And ultimately, that was our common thread. So perhaps maybe if you're not seeing eye to eye with a family member, take them up, take them to the racetrack. You know, if they're a fan, you know, use that as the catalyst to make things right or to get things right. I could go on and on and on, but we don't have enough time for that. We'll, uh, perhaps maybe we'll reconvene at a later time. We'll give you some more, some more Dover memories. As if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that one of the key elements of this uh, are the odds for this race weekend. Uh, for every race weekend. Let's transition into that now. Let's see what Las Vegas is saying. And these odds are brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sports books. Please bet responsibly. Producer Trey, what do you have for us? Well, Mike, I've got my eyes on two teams in particular this weekend at the Monster Mile. And the first one on that list has to be Hendrick Motorsports. They were one, two, three, four in this race last year. And they are one, two, three three, five 
in terms of the favorites to win this race on Sunday. Kyle Larson did not win the race last year, came up just short, got passed by Alex Bowman. He is plus 450. He is the favorite to win this weekend, the defending champ looking to get back on track after an up-and-down season did come very close last weekend in Talladega. Chase Elliott still looking for his first win of the season and his first win on an oval since he won the championship at Phoenix in 2020. And then William Byron, he is plus 800 as well, tied with Chase Elliott for the second best odds. And then the guy who actually won this race last year, Alex Bowman, is fifth in odds at plus 1,200. But the other team I told you that I had in mind, Mike, is Joe Gibbs Racing. And that is the one driver that breaks up this Hendrick top four in terms of odds. And that's Martin Truex Jr. His first career Cup Series victory came at Dover Motor Speedway. And he is plus 1,000. And that is my pick for this weekend. He adds to the list of winners, the growing list of winners in 2022. I'm going with Martin Truex Jr. But if you're looking for a long shot this weekend, I'm going with the guy who actually has already won a race in 2022. The Daytona 500 champion, Austin Sindrick. He's plus 5,000 this weekend, but if you look at his stats in the Xfinity series, they are pretty staggering. He finished in top 10, in the top 10 in every one of the races that he raced at Dover in the Xfinity series, and he seemed to get better race after race after race. Ninth, eighth, sixth, and then his last couple races at Dover, starting in 2019, third, second, third, and then his last race there last year in 2021, he won. Austin Sendrick, he's my long shot plus 5,000, but my pick this weekend, Martin Truex Jr. getting off the schneid and gets the 19 into victory lane. Hmm, Joe Gibbs Racing versus Hendrick Motorsports potential matchup. Could things be fulfilled that it's going to be one of those two? How about somebody else? With the way this thing's going, who knows? Trackhouse Racing could be a part of this on Sunday as well. We'll all find out together. Can't wait to get to Dover. Hope you're there to join us in person. If not, you can obviously catch us right here on the Motor Racing Network. Our coverage is going to begin Friday. We're going to be with the Arkham Menard Series East for the General Tire 125. MRN Airtime 530 Eastern Saturday. We've got two broadcasts for you. We've got practice and poll qualifying at 1030 Eastern. We've got the Xfinity Series, A-Game 200, 1 p.m. Eastern. And the NASCAR Live Race Day kicks off at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sunday for the Duramax Drydeen 400. And then, of course, we'll be back here next week with you as we get set for our trip to Darlington for the Goodyear 400. I'd like to thank Mike Tatoyan for joining us today, also producer Trey. Thank you for downloading this podcast and checking us out as well. Be sure to check us out for NASCAR Live Race Day Sunday and NASCAR Live Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern right here on the Motor Racing Network. For the entire MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Hope you enjoyed this installment. We'll chat with you again soon right here on NASCAR Live Wide Open. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more.
That's Ruoff.com. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive. 